mistakes later. You can fix my mistakes later. I, I like that kind of optimism about you, Greg. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is uh, David Schaefer here with uh, my good friend Greg Smith. Hello. Uh, we're here from a Paper Straight Music Company. We're in our, uh, I guess you'd call this like Studio B for our podcasts. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm you know, now that I've said it out loud, it sounds pretty good. Um, so, uh we're here again, which is kind of nice. I kind of like that we get to do this now. Um unfortunately, I think that also kind of means at this point that the podcast is a little older than we wanted it to be. <laughs> is that is that a fair statement? It seems to be the trend, but it doesn't take away from any of the content that's there, and it's a good week. I think that's correct. I think that's that's actually a very good way of putting that. Um, so yeah, uh, this podcast is interesting because this is the first time we have more than just another one other person with Bob, right? Um, so this time there are two of us, me being one of the two, uh, with Bobby. So it's me and Tim and Bob, and we're just having a conversation um, kind of going over what was going on during our summer because our summers are pretty tumultuous just because of all the jobs we have and how our summers end up turning out most of the time. And how many people are in the group? It's now that there's six of us, as yeah. it's been for coming, it's uh, it's coming up on a year now that we've been a six piece, right? Oh, that's, that's October or November, I think. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm also yeah. really glad to hear that it's like the same six people. Yes, consistency. But yeah. with six people, it can be difficult to align all of those schedules all at once in the summer with half of the band being educators yeah that being our primary time off where we get to travel and see family right do things yeah and for the rest of us that don't have that schedule it's just <laughs> it's you know it's, it's kind of a shot it's, it's not you know just the the working poor out here just this blue, blue collar America um but yeah uh, it's completely understandable, and I mean, it is bittersweet, uh, but at the same time, it's kind of nice also to be able to kind of slow down in the heat, yeah. which is not normally what happens, and obviously that's not going to go on forever, I, w- I would sure. surely hope. But, sure. Well, you know. what's interesting, I, I have noticed, is for as long as you and I have been in a band together, we sit, we've always sat down in January or December yeah. to reflect on the year and make plans for this next year. But that December to January transition always goes very quickly. It's not a downtime. Really, our years kind of start and stop with the academic calendars, tend to, and that um, usually. So we, we self-reflect, not consciously, but I think we tend to slow down and, and look at what we've accomplished in the previous 12 months around May or June. And then it's when uh, July or August hits that we're setting goals again, which yep. is interesting because it, it has not been intentionally that way. That is absolutely true. I never thought about it that way, and that is exactly true. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I, I'm not sure I could have put it any better myself, but then again, you are the teacher, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so, but with that with that downtime also came some cool opportunities to play some shows that we wouldn't necessarily have played. Another, another one of those reasons that the summers have been on a downtime for us is because our bass player, Ben, is a touring uh, member of the Blue Devils, in the summer, mm-hmm. which for those of you that don't know, Blue Devils are uh, a world-class uh, marching organization. Yeah, member uh, of drum corps. Yep, the DCI. Uh, Bobby and I got to see Ben perform at MTSU 
just over a month ago. How was that? It was amazing. I haven't been to... So Bobby and I have been in uh, marching bands for all of our high school and college careers, so we're not submersed in that culture, but we're band nerds, like through and through, uh, especially right. when it comes to marching bands and um, drum and bugle corps as it's with the TCI. And it's just, I, I've, with living in Nashville for six years, I've, I've seen a lot of amazing shows and I've had my mind blown by a lot of really spectacular, spectacular musicianship. And to go to a show that similarly amazes me, but in a totally different way was incredibly refreshing. I, I totally understand that. It, it, it's kind of funny when you happen across those kind of things. I mean, obviously, we were, I guess, we're fortunate in that regard because having been around, it kind of just automatically puts us in that zone. Yeah. But every now and then when you're, like, out and about and uh, you happen across, like, a piano bar, for example. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a little more t- traditional for our style, I guess. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, it's not very often that you see two piano players just, like, playing on songs and just mm-hmm. going for a couple hours and that's it's kind of incredible to see people work their chops in a different kind of way. Yeah. So I mean, I, that's I I'm really excited for him and that opportunity. And I mean, for the, for those of you that have gone out for a drone bugle corps or have seen them or have been you know in a family with them, you know that the amount of dedication that takes, the amount of uh, resolve to get to that point is just incredible. So I, I couldn't be more happy for him. I'm so glad he got to do it. And I'm even happier that he's back. Yeah. It's been, <laughs> it has been awesome to have him back because we did a lot of, we did a lot of cool things over the summer and we've, we've been writing. Uh, we, have, we've played a show or two without him only by necessity. But now that we've played a couple of shows with him back, it's, yeah, it's good. It's very good. Well, and like you said, uh, without him here though, we did have the opportunity to play some so play some shows we wouldn't normally have played um but then also that gave us a good opportunity to kind of uh sit back and write some new songs also so for those of you that are going to be coming out and seeing us anytime soon you might get to hear one or two of those i hope so i surely hope so as well um but you know recently we we just came actually last night from this recording uh we played the local with Frank Hurd. Yeah, that was an incredible show. It was. Uh, that was our first big show back with with Ben with, with an extended set, um, and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it felt good. I I was sweating so profusely, <laughs> uh, and I couldn't tell if it was, it's Nashville. Was it was it the humidity, <laughs> uh, or was I just like I was excited sweating? It's it's hard to say. You do excited sweat sometimes. I do. I'm, it's I'm, not a bad thing. I'm a big kid, you know. Like. <laughs> This is how I made. This is how God made me. Um, so we, we did we did that show last night, which was awesome. And uh, a big thank you to the local for having us, and a big thank you for Frank Hurd for thinking of us. And it was so good to see them again. Um, and they're just awesome. So if you haven't checked them out, check out Frank Hurd's band. Um, and then also we played at Bucket Lake Brewery in Ohio and in Columbus, which we kind of mentioned at the show. But that's any show we've played in Ohio so far seems like a hometown show. It does. People clear their calendars when when we hear when they hear that we're coming up and I I am still for as many times as it's happened it's still so overwhelming. Now, yeah. I guess not surprising but it's that feeling of um yeah I I guess I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude that people yeah. make such 
um, go through such, I don't know. No, you're right. Lengths to come and see us for a 45 minute. Well, that was a long set, but. It uh, was a long set. Was it two? It was two hours, two yeah. Hours. All originals, mm-hmm. because that was a stipulation from from the brewery. We couldn't play any covers. Um, and we reached back a little bit. We had some throwback songs we have not played in a while. Yeah. Um, but everything, honestly, it was, it was so cool to do that, A, um, obvi- for the obvious reason that you realize all of a sudden that you have two hours of original material. Yeah. It was big. Um, two hours of taking home Jordan, who has never been <laughs> back home with us before. Yeah. That was incredible. I know my parents were blown away. Yes. By, by Jordan. Uh, and and also Bobby. So mm-hmm. it was supposed to be an outdoor gig. That didn't go as planned. Um, they were calling for like, oh, it's a 5% chance of rain. At After 5, we played at 7. So we're like, oh, we totally got this. It was going to be an outside gig. Drum set set up. We're all good to go. 30 minutes, I think, before we were supposed to have the first down beat. Maybe even fewer than, maybe fewer than yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And the skies opened up. It was so bad. So bad. It wasn't even like like a light drizzle. It was, hey, by the way. We're just going to flood. Torrential downpour. Yeah. But we got everything inside and everything was reset up. Nothing was damaged. Yeah. I don't think we scared anybody off either. And we fit everything. True. Um, in that little corner. Yep. But because of that, Bob couldn't play full kit. He had to play his djembe, which if we haven't seen our acoustic sets, um, sometimes Bob kind of floats back and forth between the two, and in this case, it was all djembe because it was such a such tight quarters. Yeah, it was small. Um, but honestly, my parents complimented uh, Jordan and complimented uh, uh, Bobby for playing in general. Yeah. Um, and I think they kind of talk about this podcast a little bit, but just the level of talent we have in the band to do so much with so little is incredible on Bobby's part and then again just Jordan it is yeah what what else do you say about that but um I, I, you know it, it is it's humbling very often to be in a band with all of you it is and I I feel the exact same way because yeah. we change what we do in response we, and we've always changed what we've done in response to each other when we write when we're on stage when we're soloing when we're just vamping and introducing not not even introducing Bobby, but introducing Bobby in this new context. We're reading each other differently, and it's fresh. And Jordan is always, always the main source of energy anytime. Anytime that we play, even when we're sitting down and practicing, he's he loves what we do. And I think it's easiest yeah. to see that on his face more so than anybody else's, and that's yeah. really... It's cool. It it also helps that he, like you said, he he carries so much energy with uh-huh. him, and also being the like the tallest member in the band, <laughs> um, and he has that that big smile on his face every time. He's just he's hard to miss. He is, but also in the best possible way. Yes, it'd be much different if he had he a commands constant the scowl. Stage. He yeah. does. He has a constant a constant smile. He's great. Um, so yeah, uh, we got on the end of this. Um, I guess. We, Greg and I have have decided together without any other executive decision. It was an executive choice. We took a vote, to be fair, but <laughs> two of two. <laughs> um, that at the end of this this podcast, we kind of talk about some recording, um, which we've been doing a lot of, um, and we're going to go back in the fall, October, late October, late October. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot more about that in coming podcasts. Um, at the end of this one, though, you're going to hear a rough mix of the single that we talk about, because with all the talk of the congas 
and the the guest appearances we we couldn't not <laughs> it seemed it seemed like it was just cruel if you didn't get to hear the whole thing it would be too much of a tease if you didn't get to enjoy everything that we've been enjoying in this first rough mix right of the of the recording of this track yeah so maybe maybe when uh, everything is said and done we'll go back and we'll post at this point the song starts and you can hear that but also go back and listen to this part of the podcast so you can hear what we're laughing about I think uh, Bobby called him the Donkey Congas, <laughs> which is uh, my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite phrase. Yeah, I think. Which I, I guess kind of pulling back to going, making this a, a full circle. <laughs> Part of the reason I love that you and Tim both got to sit down with Bobby in this episode is that we got to see more of Bobby because yeah. usually he's interviewing. Hi, yeah, he's he does a really good job of pulling his interview into the limelight. Yeah. And uh, he, he sits back behind the camera, so to speak. Um, and since you and Tim are both across the table, that's yeah. more... It, it, the two of you do a really good job of engaging him back. True. And he, Bobby is one of... I think I think in a lot of ways, every single one of us is kind of an, um, an unsung hero. Like, there's something that each of us does that um, that goes... Gets less... Um, notoriety than I think each of you deserves and this is one of the things that I think Bobby really does an awesome job of like he running this podcast is it can't be easy and um, I'm 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 happy that he's being able to shine with it especially in this episode I think that's completely accurate very often he's kind of he's the the person off camera and like the uh, behind the music VH1 yeah. That you never see, but obviously the person's talking to because yep. otherwise they're talking to an empty room. Yeah, um, Bobby is that guy, and you're, I think you're right. It's it's nice to be able to hear him um, enjoy what we're enjoying. Yes, because that's that's kind of rare. Um, and then I guess I, I want to touch on one other thing before we kind of get into the thick of things. Uh, we kind of talk about in this, you know, what our, our summer playlist was or what we were listening to at the time. But since we're almost done with summer, because you're already back in school. Yeah, I'm back. You're already back, back the old job. Oh, yeah. Got to um, work for my paycheck, whatever that means. <laughs> hey, man, just a taste of the, you know, <laughs> blue collar life for you. Right. Um, what what were you listening to this summer, man? What was uh, what was in your, in your CD player on your playlist? Yeah. So to toss my hat into this uh, conversation that you, Tim and Bobby, started, my summer was mainly full of rediscoveries. Nice. So I, I it's it's tough when new music comes out in the middle of the year, uh, in the middle of the school year, because I don't, I refuse to listen to, to a track for the first time or an album, preferably an, a full album for the first time, unless I can devote my full attention to it. I'm not the type of person to listen to a track or an album preferably a, an album all the way through for the first time unless I can devote my full attention to it if I'm working or grading uh, or lesson planning it's going to be something that I'm familiar with so then I get this backtrack of music I get this musical to-do list essentially that I just can't dive into and once the summer hits if I remember about it if I'm good at keeping track of it that's when I can kind of dig into the thing so there were a few albums that came out in 2017 um, 
Head and Heart had an album, and The Lone Bellow, I think, had a 2017 album that I really sat down to listen to for the first time this summer. But the big rediscovery for me was Dispatch. And because when it was announced that Dispatch was coming back to play yeah, live man. on the green, I have been listening to them since um, since I was a probably a sophomore in high school. I don't even know how I found out about them because they're, they were not a typical band for me to listen to back in the day. But uh, their bank, their big Bang Bang album that came out in 97 was, was my jam forever. And then when I, um, when I got into college, I realized that they were on this huge hiatus. There were eight years where they didn't do anything. They, were not, they weren't putting out a new album. So it was, it was, I just thought, oh, well, you know, I knew I knew him when, kind of. <laughs> Not that I knew them when, but that's that's what I thought. Right. So they came back with all this amazing music, and and the last album has been so refreshing, and it's been a, a largely a departure from what I the dispatch I grew up with, and not that I grew up with them, but the dispatch that right. I knew, um, that I came to love, and it's uh, Tim talks about uh, the. The new Lord Huron album being spacey and ethereal. <laughs> the and, word he couldn't find, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the direction that I feel like that this these last couple of Dispatch albums have gone. It's just, it is, there's a, there's like a deep groove. It's not a funky groove, but it settles into this, um, this like backseat drive at the same time. And I don't know, it just gets me. Yeah. And and being able to see them at Live on the Green after this summer of kind of diving back into their old discography and some of their new stuff, it was it was really refreshing. Kind it was, of brought you back to them a yes. little bit. Yeah. I know what you mean. There's a there's a band that's actually coming. They're gonna be at the the cave. I can't remember what it's called exactly, but there's a for those of you that don't know if you're out there in the middle of nowhere, nowhere close to Nashville, there's actually a venue in a cave. Uh, in out in the boonies of Tennessee. Is it the Cumberland Caverns? I think that's the name of it. But Big Head Todd and the Monsters is going to be there in November, and mm. I'm so unbelievably excited. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm kind of trying to dive back into them a little bit, but also a really old band that you just don't you don't listen to that often because they don't bring out that much new material, and they're not really, uh, you know, present all the time. Yeah. So you kind of forget about them a little bit. Um, but before we, I, I give everything away for the podcast and before we get back into, um, you know, everything Paper Street related, um, I just wanted to take a moment to say, you know, we, we really lost someone special uh, just a week or two ago. And, you know, it's, it's I mentioned when I moved on to Nashville that we were getting to the age that we were going to start to see some of our heroes. We were going to start to see them go. Mm-hmm. Um and I have always said, you know, like Paul McCartney and Bob Dylan are going to be tough for me, mm-hmm. David Gilmore and stuff like that. But there's also people that we don't realize we're going to miss the way we think we're going to miss them. Sure. Um, I know last year or earlier this year, it was Tom Petty mm-hmm. was a big one for me because you just don't expect them. Yeah. Like, and it happens so fast. It that does. There's no time to prepare. I feel like most people, when they think about someone having passed uh, a, a long time ago, and you listen to their entire discography, but that's yeah. what you want to do in preparation. You don't have that kind of time. You know, we don't right. have that kind of notice. Yeah, you don't have the, the like you know the foresight to say like, oh, you know, yeah. I better I better appreciate this person while they're still here. Yes. Um, and then even worse, the people that you grew up with, like you know, I know my parents, for example. And now that I'm talking about this, I I'm gonna have to start paying more attention. 
But, um, you know, my dad listened to a lot of James Brown, mm. uh, and um, he also listened to a lot of Bob Seger. And obviously, James Brown's been gone for a while, but Bob Seger's still around, so yeah. maybe, you know, dig back into that. But one of those people for me was especially Aretha Franklin. Um, that you didn't necessarily realize how really important they were to your musical evolution um, until and, they're gone. In a lot of ways, to the to our culture right. as a country and our identity and what we've been able to accomplish, especially with her. Right, Cause even, because even if you didn't like Aretha Franklin specifically, if there wasn't a specific song that you really attracted to, um, I, I would put money. I put everything I have to my name. Um, that someone that you love and respect, a band that you love and respect, they they draw from her. There there isn't much she hasn't touched mm-hmm. in in the time she was on this on this earth, and uh, it's really sad that we had to see her go this 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 past month. Uh, but if you get a chance, please go out and check out some of her music. Um, buy it if you can, uh, because we really lost somebody that will never be replaced. There there's no one like her, um, and I know especially. I'm I'm kind of a blues guy. I'm mm. not sure if you've been diving into her catalog at all, but um, I never loved a man the way I love you is one of those songs that I just really I keep finding myself coming back to. Um, so if if you get a chance, go out and check out that track. And then also, um, a few years ago, she played at the Kennedy Center Honors. Um, and honestly, just thinking about it, I'm kind of getting chills. But um, she did a beautiful rendition of a. Uh, you make me feel like a natural woman. Mm-hmm. And it was just, uh, it, honestly, it same thing happened with Ray Charles. Uh, with you see them perform and you, you realize that maybe they weren't, you know, maybe it wasn't their best performance, but when you see them perform a specific song or a specific line, you can feel it through your whole musical body. Like even like, you know, it, it stops you dead in your tracks that this is something, you're watching another musician that's executing a craft at such a level that you you've only ever dreamed of and you realize that we lost somebody that was that good, that was that quality, that you know really respected what they were doing. So um, I can just take a moment to 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 relive some of that. And you know, obviously, if your parents or anything have some records, go dig them out. And this is the time. So anyway, let's add a little more a little more levity here. But this Paper Street Post uh, again, me, Tim, Bobby talking about some good songs and don't forget to stick around at the end for the rough mix uh with the donkey congas of you break my heart um we'll talk to you again next time enjoy What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Paper Street Post. My name is Bob, your host and also the drummer of Paper Street Music Company. I am recording here in Paper Street Music Company headquarters. It has been a while, so it is certainly good to be back. And we have a very special, never-before-done episode of the Paper Street Post where we are not going to have just one guest but two guests on the podcast. So, First, let me introduce to you our, our, our number one guest, and that is our number one singer and sometimes number one guitar player, Tim Coley. Tim, what's going on, man? Hey, Bobby. I'm so happy we're doing this again. It's good to be back. Definitely. Definitely. Welcome welcome back to uh, recording in your home. <laughs> uh, 
and second down there on, on the other end opposite sitting left of Tim and two seats left of me lead guitarist and sometimes number one singer Dave Schaefer what's going on man not much uh, just hanging out I'm happy to be number two you're I mean it's just a number it's just a number yeah. you know it's not a ranking feels like a number <laughs> yeah so what's up guys what how, how are you how are y'all doing doing well man just yeah. enjoying the beautiful weather how are you doing bob i'm i'm good we haven't been here for a while yeah yeah it's it, it, i had to dust everything off uh i, I got i bought a swiffer mm. and it's a good investment yeah and i just you know i went to town i had an apron on did you know some rubber gloves mr uh, mom yeah you were you were asleep Right, someone had to clean the house, and and then I went home for a little bit, and then I was late. Good for you, man. Coming back. Yeah, he had to get a nap. Yeah, yeah. Domesticated life is good for you. Yeah. So uh, we haven't recorded an episode in a while, but that doesn't mean we haven't been active as a band, and and certainly not inactive uh, in terms of recording new music. uh, And that's what we've been doing a lot over the last few months. Uh, We've gone into Blackbird Studios. A couple times, uh, starting in Feb- February, mm. January. Yeah, I think uh, it was January. From the wings. Yeah. Wow. Uh, did did you did you hear something? <laughs> we did. We started in January. I think there's a bird in the ceiling. Oh yeah. And and he knew the bird knows that we recorded in January. He's very B- detailed notes. Yeah. <laughs> at Blackbird <laughs> Studios, um, it, it's been. Uh, a really good experience. I, I think we've, we've had a lot of fun. Um, Tim, take us through that, that first day uh, back in January. What what did we do then? Well, you know, Blackbird is, you know, we're very fortunate to have had the opportunity to record there. You know, for people that kind of know, it's sort of a renowned, you know, studio space that, you know, artists from all over the world will come and, and record there and do work their work there. So we were very, you know, fortunate and excited, and I, I don't think it disappointed. I mean, it's very easy to work there. It's very comfortable. Um, they're very um, organized. It's a very organized studio. You know, you get there, everything's set up nicely, ready to go. And so it just kind of makes the creative process easier, you know, and, and you know, the smoother that all that stuff runs, in my experience, the, you know, the better everything runs. So, um, you know, we had a lot of fun there. We've got a lot of really great songs a lot of great sounds. I think we've got eight yep. uh, songs right. done there right now, ready. Uh, we're still in the process of mixing and whatnot um, and just finishing up some overdubs. Um, but that first day was so uh, prolific. It was very, um, you know, it was we were bu- busy, but it was productive. Um, pr- very productive, yeah, thank you. Um, so it was, you know, it was a, a, a great experience. Uh, we worked with Nick, who is our engineer, who we're still working with, Nick Lolino, and uh, he's, you know, he's great to work with. Real easygoing, very knowledgeable, very focused. So. What I thought was really cool about working with Nick was how easy it was to actually get all the tracks down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been to the studio a couple of times. I know you guys have too. It was, it was, I thought it was, it was really cool that we just kind of walked in, laid everything down, and everything just came out the way we thought it was supposed to come out. Yeah. Uh, that's not an experience. I mean, if anyone's ever been in a studio, that's not normally the experience you have. A sun is like, it's a fight to get the right sounds down and the right, right feel and 
get everything right yeah. the first time. And we, you know, we, our approach, you know, I feel like every, every band does it differently in terms of what they, you know, how they go about the recording process. But, you know, in, especially for Greg and I, since we've been in a band together for a long time and have done a lot of work in the studio together, we try to get as much under our thumb as we can before we go in because, you know, time is money. And so we can't, you know, although there are a lot of opportunities in the studio where you're inspired because of the space and because of the sound and just the act of creating sort of makes you create more, you know, but you can't rely on that. Um, especially tracking day, you know, you need to go in with a, with a, an itinerary and, um, and just ready to go know exactly what you want to do, what the order you want to do it in. And we've always been really good at that. Now, of course, you know, you can't, you know, anything can happen. You know, you might have someone that's not as, um, you know, comfortable with the, with the gear or they, they might not be, they might be alone, you know, they might not have an, an assistant with them. So there are always, there are always, you know, things to sort of work around, but, you know, just trying to make sure that we have our work figured out as much as we can before we go in has always been a really integral part in that process and tracking for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like we've always approached recording that way, but if I'm to remember correctly, like in January, I don't think we were afforded the opportunity to really hash out those five songs. I mean, mean, that's at least my memory of it. Like we didn't, we weren't, you know, repping these songs twice a week for four hours at a time. Like we have done in the past when we've gone to the studio. So how did that impact the, the, that recording day in, in that session, or do you guys disagree with that assessment? No, I I think I think that's accurate. I I think what was different about this time going in um, was because I, like with this group, we've really only done one large recording session before, and that was our our previous EP that we've released. Um, and with this one, we had a couple new people in the band, uh, and I feel like talking to Tim like, around that time, I felt like we had discussed, you know, we need to run these things down, and I think we spent a couple days doing that. But largely, I think going into the last EP, I think we spent a month, if not more, like hitting all the songs over and over again, making sure they were as tight as possible. Um, but for some reason, the the personnel the lineup we have cur- uh, currently really made that process very effortless, it seemed. Like everyone showed up, they knew exactly what they were going to do, they knew exactly how they wanted to do it. Um, I feel like, every, uh, I guess in this, in this case, everyone's kind of showed up and had their own game plan for how they were going to execute what they needed to execute. Mm. Um, where normally we try to legislate that kind of as a band. And I, th- I think this time we had everyone took agency and everyone took pride in how they were going to do it. I think that it kind of ended up with the same result. I think it just was a little more roundabout to get there. I think that's kind of that's kind of I thought about it anyway. That, that's a really good point. And it's true because, you know, uh, the talent, I feel like, in this group is is such that you can – show up to the studio and really be ready to go, you know, and kind of know what's happening. And, and we, of course, having done it for many years and, and being around the, the world of recording and playing makes that an easier process anyway. Uh, I think another thing, too, is that, you know, some of these songs we had been playing for a while um, and had been written and had lived on stage, too, which is a big deal. 
uh it's always important to i think to put it on stage before you go into the studio with it um you know but at the same time i think you know these songs take the band in a very new direction it's they're very it's a very new sound um horns are much more prominent which has been an absolute dream come true for me in particular just because i've <laughs> been a horn player absolutely wanted it for so long um you know so that's new and we've got ben on bass who's just killing it um and so i think kind of it felt like new again you know it didn't feel like okay going back making another record you know it was more like this is almost like a new band you know and so the the songs were fresh and so i think there was an excitement about it and you know when you go in when you go into a studio or anywhere any creative space having an optimistic outlook and fo- but focused is very it's the only way it's very important so um you know new fresh songs a new fresh sound um with the talent in this band i mean it's hindsight being 2020 it's not surprising that we've had success you know during tracking days and we've had two tracking days uh working on these eight songs and um you know they both of them were very successful so you know i i liked our process when it comes to that and i can't remember how much we even rehearsed these songs you mentioned we didn't really rehearse them much i don't remember that was around christmas time which is always hectic anyway yeah so that's probably true um yeah, I think it's it's just a testament to believing in the music because we all do. You know, we we all can live with these songs and not just play them. What was what was your take, Bob? I know you. Uh, I mean, we all kind of. I think we were a little awestruck when we walked into the studio yeah. in general. But what was what was your take, man? Well, I, first off, I asked the questions on this podcast. Okay, <laughs> well, so be it. <laughs> no, uh, I I mean, I, I think you guys would probably agree with like I had never been at a place that was as expensive as blackbird studios <laughs> just in terms of like just the rooms uh yeah. the room we were in you know i i don't think i've been in a room that sounded that good that was built for recording purposes and then all the gear like just rooms full of yeah. oh yeah full of gear <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah they took me up to like the the drum room which was like you have to go up a fire escape and there, there's like a dude waiting for me. I, I'm not sure if he's like keeper of the drum room or something, but <laughs> he's, got a he's long just like beard. <laughs> just pulls drumsticks out of his beard. What is yeah. the password? <laughs> <laughs> you must be Bobby. No, but he, he was just <laughs> like, yeah, waiting for you. They have foretold you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so bearded guy. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, just pick whatever you want from this room. And I was like, I've never known choice before yeah damn, <laughs> like that's this. awesome it, it's a cool place man yeah so i i think that i mean that was an intimidating setting and i'm always kind of you know we, we can't afford the time and luxury to like spend time <laughs> in a studio just yeah, to yeah. get comfortable we have to come in and like know what we're doing right um and, and that come that's why we try to have like our stuff together and, and rehearse really well for it so I th- it was intimidating for me uh, to be around that. I think that Nick did a good job of putting us at ease. I think that yeah. mm-hmm. having all f- six of us there uh, together uh, recording uh, really helped put me at ease. And um, I had a lot of fun playing the drum set too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, that was a sweet. Yeah, that was a sweet drum set. It was. It sounded really good. And so I, I think you know once 
once we uh, got a couple takes going, I um, just kind of forgot about exactly where I was. Um, and I felt really comfy, but um, yeah, that place that place was sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive for sure. I think comfy is a good word for that. Yeah. that the whole experience. Yeah, it was it was wildly comforting. <laughs> well, and yeah. unexpectedly, yeah, it really yeah puts you in a good mood too when you walk you know you get there because when we were doing overdubs. Which, you know, is a lot different than tracking. You know, it, it, that's a little bit more fine motor skills, if I'm putting it in a weird way, I guess. But, you know, it, whereas tracking is kind of the big canvas that you lay out, overdubs is where you sort of put all the pieces together and make it work. And so, and you know, on this particular record, you know, we've got uh, horns. You know, Jordan obviously is playing sax, but we brought in David Cooper, who uh, actually went to Hendersonville High School? I taught his sister. Um, it's just, I, yeah. <laughs> and so, anyway, you don't, um, you don't say. kind of funny story. I ran into his parents at the bar, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be recording. I actually am needing David's number." And so, anyway, long story short, he came in and was awesome. Um, and then I played the trumpet, and uh, it was great playing with those guys. Um, you know having having those horns having that sound it's just so good horns are kind of coming back yep. anyway um and I, I you know i play a lot of gigs my just separately myself you mean trumpet you mean coming back like just in in music yeah I, I mean i get I, I say that but that's been the Popularity. case for that's been the case for years now you know yeah. what i mean i'm time goes by so fast i guess oh my gosh. real horns are coming back mm-hmm. uh, yeah i guess a long time well for, i guess the ones i remember at least there was a lot of like that that synth horn stuff yeah. going on yeah like I presume when we were in high school. Well, you know, I an, aged myself like ten years ago. Another thing about having horns too is just the image of it on stage is cool. You know what I mean? Like the sound is great, yeah. But like looking at a band with horns, I think just looks great. You know, I yeah. think it's such a cool look, and you know because it's just another cool, like added, impressive quality that you can add to the, to the group. If it ne- if it's necessary, of course. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it also doesn't hurt that our, uh, our like our our true member horn player Jordan is a phenomenal player and great musician. I mean, he's yeah. he's stepped up too as far because I've written all the horn parts up to this point. I'm sorry, I'm screaming, Bob. I'm getting excited, um, but I wrote most all the horn parts up to this point, and so I you know I said to him you know, some at some point like a month ago, I was like, hey man, you know we should work on these together since you're the the leader of the horns and whatever. And, and so he wrote a new chart out for this road and we oh. haven't played it live yet, but it is smoking. It so is. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm it's pumped sexy. about that. Um, you know, and so it was really great having horns. We had, um, some separate vocalists, uh, on you break my heart. Well, the song that was yeah. playing at the beginning of this podcast episode, um, Maybe. was, um, Nikki Belsante. She came in and sang on that uh, track, which was uh, the perfect choice. Um, her, I think, her voice just is just perfect for that. Um, and did you? Uh, I wasn't really. I think I was out of town yeah, for out all of that. Um, so, so was Tim. <laughs> he rolled in uh, and from Little we Rock. That. Yeah, I came in and yeah, I was like, I got up at like four in the morning in Little Rock and drove back and went straight to the studio died and she was there and then i think we part. recorded maybe vocals for patiently that day too and 
man, I was whooped. But again, that just goes to show you how well Nick did, how, a great job Nick did. And, you know, I, I got there, you know, very tired and kind of not sure if I was going to be able to hack it. And, you know, you get in there and the space is just, it, it provides, you know, a place to, to succeed. But anyway, uh, yeah, that, having her on that really made it kind of come out too. And what's, yeah. what's nice about that is that, uh, our, our voices are kind of similar in range, at least on that song, you know, they're, they're kind of, I have sort of a, I'm a tenor and she's an alto and we actually spent some time, um, together during, um, Tennessee arts Academy, which is this big, like symposium for arts teachers all across Tennessee. And, um, I wrote the song that week, um, in, one of the practice rooms at Belmont. I had like a half hour to kill or something. And so um, anyway, it was like kind of cool because when Greg, who wrote those, her part, was like, what do you think about Nikki? I was like, that's perfect. You know, just that would be kind of come full circle. So so that that part was written with, with her in mind from the beginning? Or? No. no, 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 no. So it was uh, we, we, Greg wrote that part. Yeah. And then Nikki ended up singing it, yeah. you know, singing on it. We were, part. we were, we were actually in the middle of doing demos last year. Um, and we had just finished the vocal section, uh, with Tim and we were getting Greg in and I realized that really Greg's part was an echo from Tim's part. And it just seemed like, uh, by adding another voice that was female, you kind of completed the circle of like what it was about, um, so it just made sense, and I suggested, like, we should get a female to, to sing this. Um, and there were some questions about who it would be, and then they had someone already in mind that just kind of fit the bill perfectly. Yeah. Um, and that, that song in general, and I think especially her part, totally made it... It, it uh, That, I don't know, that song for me became, like, an unexpected single almost. Mm. Yeah, I remember <laughs> kind of the cool thing about that song is it was really hard to sell it to the band, really, because the verse starts on the five chord. And I remember when was I was me. writing that, I was like, <laughs> I know this is weird. I would not have an issue with that. <laughs> but it just was like, I wanted to do something. I don't know. Basically, the verse is weird. It's almost like three different parts I viewed it as. It's almost like, you know, instead of how songs a lot of times have a pre-chorus, I almost feel like each verse has a pre-verse. You know, where it starts on the five, and, and though I know you a little, baby, I'm here to learn. Then the verse starts, da, 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 honey, you know, and then that's the verse. But um, those are the important there. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the only ones I can remember. Um, <laughs> that's true. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I don't know. It was it was an interesting song, but I liked I thought the chorus was outstanding and uh, I just thought it really rolled along nicely. It was very easy to write. And normally that means good things. Yeah. Um, I and, fought you on that. Yeah, yeah, I, you I was did. The one. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't on board for a while, and we played it live, and I was like, okay. And we even toyed well, with the idea briefly wrong. of me playing the piano on it. You guys remember that? Yeah, and then we got horns though. Yeah, and then and we got, got horns, horns, and then didn't matter anymore. And didn't matter. I, yeah. I forgot about that debate. It's like an annual debate. It is like <laughs> 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 on the keys. It's about time <laughs> we revisit me playing the piano with Greg. No. Um, my stance is unchanged, <laughs> but that's yeah. one of my. That's, <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah no. Same, well, anyway, <laughs> you can hear him floundering. You can so, hear him. Floundering. So you you wrote you wrote "Break My Heart" in 
30 minutes just it was super lunch break. fast yeah it was very very fast I, you know it was like i wanted to go down and just play piano because i don't really have the opportunity to play like uprights or grand pianos much anymore you know yeah. i have keyboards and things like that but you know there's just something about an acoustic piano i know i know greg would agree um so I, w- I went down there and like it was raining like crazy, I think. It was like pouring rain. So it was half like wanting to go just play piano, half just trying to get out of the rain. And so I went down into like the, f- the bottom level of I think it's Wilson Hall. Um, either, yeah, one of, the, one of the performing arts center or either way, one of those buildings. And any- so I went down in one of the practice rooms Actually, I hopped around a bunch and then finally found a piano that I liked. And I mean, I don't know. It was probably just because of the key that I was jamming, and I think I was already playing an F sharp, so that piano felt good in that key. And I was really exploring. Like, I would written a lot of songs. Like, that chord progression I kind of had already. Mm-hmm. And I liked the... I was just really into two to four, that change. And then at the at the time as well, I was really over never going to five when it was obvious. It's like a cadence, you know? And so I explored using the four over five, the four chord over five for all of those moments, mm-hmm. but then starting the verse on a five chord. So that was kind of like an odd sort of structure, but I liked it because I thought the words and the melody interwove it. It was interwoven nicely. So, so the whole song is just you like sticking it to traditional music theory progressions. <laughs> you know, honestly, man. Uh, a lot of. Uh, I guess that day I was feeling really <laughs> rebellious. Yeah. No, you know what I was listening to a lot at the time was uh, Billy Jolt, the Piano Man, that album. Yeah. And there's a the song. Um, oh man. Yeah, Somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, it's near the end of the record. I think it's the second to last track. And he uses that chord instead of like a five, seven to one, you know, like mm-hmm. a normal cadence you'd hear a lot in a lot of music. He'd ever, he never does that. When, when that would be happening, it's like a four over five. And I was like, that's really, really cool because I love the four chord, but it still has that sense of reaching some sort of finality when it gets back yeah. to the one. So it, that didn't start with that song. When I sat down to write You Break My Heart, I didn't have any lyrics yet, but I, uh, you know... I definitely had some key elements in mind already. And then the lyrics just came really fast. You so. pitched it to me as a Leon Russell song. Yeah, because it used the the piano part yeah. that I had was very, like, bluesy. It, even even now, I mean... It's very boogie-woogie almost. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Billy Joel, but, but really, even when we play it now, or, like, even the single that ended up that yeah. way, mm-hmm. I, I definitely hear Leon Russell in that, too. Oh yeah, for it's, sure. Yeah, maybe that's just the southern thing. Well, and and of course <laughs> I'm right too long. That hey, if that if that's a, if that's an effect of being here too long, then sign me up. But you know, Deal. yeah. Uh, with, I think because I write a lot of the songs on the piano, or a lot of the songs that I write, I write on the piano, and I'm such a Leon Russell fan. I'm such an Elton John fan, Billy Joel. You know, I, I feel like a lot of the songs originally sound like that. Right. But then the best part about being in a band is then you send it through that filter of your band members, you know, and then yeah. it gets through everybody's what they like, what they don't like, what they want to change their take on it. So that by the at the end of it, it's not even half mine. You know, it's literally a sixth, you know, and so and that's yeah. when that's when it becomes paper street, which is cool. So 
Um, I'm really happy that song that we do that song. I be- I believed in it right away, and I'm luckily I was able to sell Dave on it. Yeah, I, I admitted <laughs> I was wrong. I've like <laughs> I told I told your dad like uh, I, I I fought you tooth and nail on that one. I I had a hard time starting where it starts on in, in the verse. Yeah. Um, it was when when especially when you hear a song that's brand new, you really you're only listening to one person's interpretation of it. So you so you're you're trying to input where you can without taking too much agency and changing too much. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was hard to get over, but I, I think, um, sometimes you forget, sometimes I forget anyway, that songs really are born live. Uh, yeah. So, so even if you have a problem with a change, if you don't go out and play it live and see how it goes over, you'll, yeah. ne- you'll never know how it was supposed to be. And in this case, the, the change was irrelevant because once we played it live and we had the horns and the bass on it and the drums were going and everybody's feeling it and um you know it's hot in the club and everyone's sweating a little bit and everyone's having a good time then it it worked works it works perfectly right it's uh yeah for me it totally was a surprise single because i wouldn't have expected it to be like the one that i would really like take to the most but for me it really was yeah mm-hmm. i get i get a e street band vibe from the song yeah, and I th- I think yeah we played a I'm show. Hating all, I'm hating all these comparisons. We played a show, and I heard someone say that from the audience, and I didn't t- I couldn't tell who said it, but I was like, oh that's great, because and I think it was really because it was Jordan. Yeah. And it, actually, that may have been one of the first shows that Jordan was on. I I think it's at Springwater. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Chance. Yeah. Either way, though, it did it did have kind of like a a very E Street vibe thing. What's cool too is, you know, all these, a lot of these bands that I play in, I'm a trumpet player. So obviously if I'm, oh, there's a trumpet in the, in the band, but we can get away with just Jordan playing sax. I think the music lends yeah. itself nicely to that. You know, I think there yeah. are, yep. you know, one thing that certainly I was guilty of for a long time and, and Dave has definitely helped me out with this is when, when not to play, you know, what, when to, when to not, you know, do this or yeah. this lick or lay back or, you know, maybe don't sing there you know let it let it breathe and greg's kind of like that too um but he and i are much more anxious people so our music sort of reflects that sometime that's kind of dave has really helped kind of us take it back take a backseat approach when it's needed yeah um but i mean i've always advocated for that having yeah. having been in the jordan in the band makes it it makes it effortless. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it just feels natural. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too, because they cover a lot of ground. Yeah. They cover a lot of ground, but also there's, there are so many interesting things happening now all the time, like uh, on every level. Like I, I always felt like, you know, I can rely on, you know, Bobby and, and Tim and, and Greg even, um, to help keep everything intact. But now we have two additional members that even if only two people are playing, uh, Bobby and, and, uh, and uh, and Ben or even Bobby and Greg, whatever, two people can hold down the majority of the song, and everyone else can kind of relax and just fill in the spaces where it feels like it needs to be filled in. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I this when when Jordan joined the band specifically, I feel like my uh, my understanding of the dynamic of the band completely changed. Mm-hmm. How's that? Um. Well, I I feel like. For a long time, it was it was a battle. Like like Tim was just talking about. Like I'm always an advocate for letting stuff breathe a little bit. Um, 
So I was always eager to let things breathe, but at the same time, you have to kind of battle and make sure you're not giving up too much space. Because you, you, we don't, we don't, we're not a minimalistic band, you know. Like, like we're not, we're not trying to play like one chord and let it ring out over sixteen bars or anything like that. You know, we're not Pink Floyd. Um, <laughs> as much as I'd like to be sometimes. Uh, so, so it was always kind of a battle to kind of fill in the spaces where you could. But now it it really feels like if we have the sax and the bass and the drums going, that's a party in itself. Like, like yeah. you know, there yeah. there are, there are bands that were built on those three instruments, and now it, instead of being a, a, like a necessity to be part of the rhythm section, there's a rhythm section that's already built in because there are so many players. Um, well, not even so many. There are just so there there are the personnel is totally justified every time. Uh, I don't know. I've, 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 this is the first band I've ever been yeah. in that I've been impressed by every single member. Then you throw the congas in, it's a, it's a real party, right? I love the congas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the congas are going to make it. I don't, that's, I don't know. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, it was a valiant effort. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I, people should get a taste of those congas. So, maybe, maybe, Let the maybe, people decide. Maybe this is our opportunity. So like the first... <laughs> maybe this is the, the rough track for the congas right now. We had, uh, for, for our listeners out there, uh, the last overdub day was like a auxiliary percussion day and, and you'll, you'll hear some shit yeah horns um so i put some shaker tracks down i put <laughs> some tambourine some cowbell uh that's, that's a sweet cowbell video but the one <laughs> the one thing that i wanted to put down the only thing that like i was dead set on was that there should be like bongos or congas <laughs> on break my heart <laughs> and we got we got them in spades yeah and so <laughs> i i go in there and and i and i I, Bring I, me congas, he <laughs> says. It was the last. It was the last thing I record for those five songs. I go in there and I I, I start laying it down. And I'm like, on these congas. I'm just like, hey, I, yeah, I do one pass through. I'm like, guys, that sound good. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. So I'm like, all right. And, and so the <laughs> run it again. And I put down like the final track and congas from downbeat to to the final <laughs> click. Right. I mean, and you don't hear congas the whole time. Yeah. Uh, it just like they it just they violently just, appear in <laughs> third verse. <laughs> they kick down the door. It's like I'm Man, playing I, Donkey Konga. <laughs> God, I hope we're using that whole track now. No. I, I hope everybody can hear all this. Yeah. They got to now. We're talking about it. Baby, I'm here to learn. Baby, teach me. The dirty thoughts in my head are turning me ruby red. Yeah, that, that's that's like a, a B side. Rarity. Bobby's Congress. You break my heart with Congress. <laughs> with Congress. <laughs> but we, you know, we've been inspired to add things like that because of kind of because of Jordan and Ben, really, because yeah. they they've they've opened up the sound so much and made things possible, really. You know, we were talking about, well, what are we going to talk about on this podcast? And we were like, well, we could talk about new material that we're working on. But to to be honest, we haven't been working on as much new material because the sound has changed so much. So, like, yeah. whereas before we would put things away because it's like, well, I nah, don't know if that's going to fit. Not, we have such a, we have such a big back catalog yeah. Yeah. that we can now revisit some of these pieces that are very good, you know, and, and reflect the, the band completely fine yeah. uh sans uh sax and and ben on bass but 
But now that they're here, I think it would behoove us to look back at those tunes. You know, there are a lot of good ones. Wow. And it's it's also good for your to give your brain a break when you've written and written and written and written. You know, you got to recharge and right. just shut up and listen for a little while, you yeah. know. There, there so. were so many things that, I mean, they weren't even fully developed ideas. They were just a riff that we just couldn't get out of. Um, but now that's exciting because we have people that can get us in and out of things so easily. Right. So that even a, a simple riff or something that was just kind of going on or a, a groove or whatever, we have a bass player that can groove real hard. Mm-hmm. We have a horn player that can write when he plays. Can yeah, writes when he plays, understands the theory behind it, and can just I don't know. You all, especially you know Tim, Tim and Jordan, they they can they can really kind of go in and out of that really quick. Um, but just having that like that second set of eyes that kind of you know hear something different. It's this this is an exciting time at Paper Street. Yeah. Favorite. Yeah, there's for a sure. lot of rebirth for sure. What, what do you think, Bob? Uh, I I agree 100. Um, percent My only question is where, where are they? They're not here. Come on. They're in binders. And show up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> show yeah. up the rehearsal, guys. Come on. That's true. Uh, do we note it on their time card? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will be in their final review. That's true. yeah. That's, that's true. a warning for absenteeism. <laughs> Oh, man. No, but it's so good to have them. And the band is so much better for it, you know. Like Dave said earlier, it's just, it, I, I feel like, you know, and for those people that are listening right now that have listened to us for 10 years, you know, 10 years, by the way, uh, first of all, thank you. But also, you know, we feel very strongly in, in the uh, in the path that we're taking musically. And we want to know, we'd like to know what you think, too. So, you know, be sure to get a hold of us. Let us know your thoughts. Um, we love hearing feedback, and we just love hearing from you guys. You know, we miss all of our Ohio people for the all of us that are from from that area too. And you know, the sound is just maturing, uh, like we are mature. We're maturing. Yeah, we're maturing. And then so you know, just having having that kind of yeah, Greg's not having that kind of support <laughs> is extremely important. And we don't get we don't really say that enough. So. Um, I just want to take that opportunity to say thank you to those of you that are listening and have been listening for a friggin' decade. I'll uh, I'll say you're welcome on behalf of everybody listening. <laughs> Great, open and closed. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. Things what are, here, I, PSMC. I, I, I like to book in. Well, what do the know? what do the phones say? No. <laughs> Our lines are Not dead quiet. Silent. They are they are unplugged. But um, yeah. So anyway. We're going to go back in the studio, finish up a final thing of tracking, um, schedule some overdub days with vocals, and uh, well, that, get this puppy out. So does this mean we're making an album? Is that is that what we're talking about now? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly is what this, we're doing. Is this how we're announcing it? Yeah. Hey, we're doing an album? Yeah, we're coming out with an album. Do we <laughs> there all, it is. Do we ought to say it? Yeah, one, two, three. We're, we're coming out with an album. We should have established what we were going to say first. <laughs> There were a lot of things we could have done right there. And yeah. this is why preparation is key, you know? Uh, we talked about preparing for an album, going to the studio. We didn't prepare for that at all. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. That's true. I mean, it's exciting, though. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, the horizon is great. I mean, we, we've got a lot on our, we've got a lot coming up. Uh, of course, we've got a new relationship with the place Someone's in the Kitchen in Hendersonville. Uh, Which, there may be a show, depending on when this podcast goes up, but the 13th. July thirteenth, yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's enough band business for now. Let's. Uh, I, I want to. 
I want to get to know you guys a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, what are you guys listening to summer, summer 2018? What, what's on, what's on the playlist? Well, it's summer, so it's Greece. <laughs> Duh. Summer loving, of course. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I obviously, uh, Nathaniel Waitliff dropped an album yeah. what, like three or four months ago now, mm-hmm. um, which is, I, I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, that being said, I was also really happy with his last album, so I was really excited to begin with. Um, and then I also discovered this band, uh, Blackberry Smoke, which is kind of a country folk uh, classic rock, southern rock thing, um, which is a little unusual for me. Obviously, I was, you know, I was kind of into the southern rock thing for a while. I was into some Skinnerd when I was younger. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I've been kind of checking out. I've really been into Lord Huron's new album. They're out oh, there. Yeah, their yeah, they're, they're new record is great. Um, I, you know, I've liked pretty much everything they've put out, but I feel like the songwriting and the and the and the direction and just the confidence behind the music is just it's always been good, but I think it's really really pops on this record. It's a di- it's different. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit more spacey. Yeah, you know, and and we're but see, Greg and I saw them two years ago or something at Live on the Green. And they were, I mean, that, that was, it was a very, not psychedelic, it, but it was like, I don't know, like it was, it was still like rock, but it was like yeah. very heady, you know, there was a theremin, things like that. Yeah. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. That was so good. Nathaniel Wrightlift definitely, um, been grooving on that pretty hard. Um, I, there was a day last week where we had, I had like a really all of a sudden pop punk vibe and so i was like listening to yellow card yeah dude i've also been like going back to yeah (laughs) but mid 2000 but but yellow card though yeah (laughs) man ocean avenue i don't know okay been grooving on it i won't judge yeah um and Wolfpack, man i can't get out i can't get over them you know i can't i'm i I, that band is incredible yeah i i I can't stop watching the videos oh yeah but i i have a hard time listening to it it's like in the car dude i i'll listen Likewise. to like they'll release they'll release um like they're they have a song called christmas in la and i it's a great song I, it's one of my favorite christmas songs in fact but they released on another album um just like the backing track to it so it's like just drums bass and keys i think like no lyrics nothing like it, you don't even hear you just hear them grooving it's like three and a half minutes of just groove and it was so good, and it's probably the number one thing I listen to by them. And there's not a, the only I think the only word you hear is Christmas. Someone no, Christmas. someone yells out bridge <laughs> bells because yeah. they go to the bridge. <laughs> that was the only thing you can hear. Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, there's a. Uh, I mean, honestly though, man, there's a chance they didn't even know what that song was gonna be. Like, I think they they just record sick grooves. And then, like, if it turns into a song, sweet. If not, well, to hell with it. Put on the album anyway. They did that little, uh, like, offshoot band with uh, with Nate Smith, the, the drummer. Mm. Yeah. Dude, he is ridiculous. Man, uh, watching him makes me understand. That, like, I, I can never be a drummer. I'm never going to be good enough. You yeah, could turn a couple of coffee cans upside down <laughs> and let him take a whack at it, man. He'll blow yeah. your mind. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's, he's, yeah, he really puts you in your place every time. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> yeah. He's very, very good. But, yeah, uh, you know. Just been grooving on that. You've been you've been rocking the uh the old pop punk bob, huh? 
yeah there's like a well i, I was listening to like really down depressing music for really, for like months <laughs> um, like like what like well, celine dion no like like the national um okay. you know and i like that stuff um but then i just started thinking about like my emo punk days <laughs> that that every white male from ohio goes through uh <laughs> And I, so I turned on like Mayday Parade and oh, nice. All Time Low, and mm. I was like, "This is making me actually feel good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's very nostalgic. Yeah, so wow. that was like a week uh, worth of like I went through all like the Pop Goes series, you know, and all that. Um, <laughs> I I forgot all about those. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, um, but more recently I've been listening to um, a dude named Lonely Benson, this local guy in Nashville. He's got like a little bit of electronica feel a little bit of, of a bossa nova feel to, really to some of his tracks yeah bossa nova. i think he played musician's corner recently too oh cool um, i don't think anyone's ever pitched bossa nova any before yeah i mean it it comes up and that was in his bio and i was like what what are you talking about but <laughs> yeah nova. i mean it, it definitely shows up in a way hmm. um i mean kanye came out Yee. Yeah. So Kanye came out. Have you, heard, have you listened to it yet? Yeah. Did you did you just call it Yee? Is that what it's called? I think it's called Yay. Like Yeah. Like like Kanye. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. even know. I don't even know what to make of any of that actually. Kanye. That's what I'm gonna start calling him. Kanye. It's Kanye. all right. I mean East. It's kind of like a lightning rod right now, so won't go too much into it. Him as a person, but like compared to his other albums, does it stack up or is it because of his personal stuff, is it certainly like take a toll on the music? Well, so uh, you can't listen to a Kanye album without like knowing the story behind it. So it's hard <laughs> to like peel that away. Right. It's also part of he's releasing five albums in five weeks, all seven tracks that he has produced. And so this is one of those. So there, it's only a seven al- song album, right. which is like compared to his last one is probably I, I think it was like 18 tracks so wow. it's a little bit different um the last four songs are really good the first cool. three songs are right that's fair it's interesting i, I like it can um, i ask do any of you listen to post malone uh tim was listening to it right before we got on here <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I, I don't but i just for some reason was like what is this I don't even. I don't even think I knew about him until. I think I knew about him. I just never heard him. So, so what's what's your take? Is I I can't. I've, I've listened, listened to like twenty seconds of it. I didn't care for I, it personally. I and that's where I'm at too. Yeah. I'm not drawn in. I'm not drawn in by it. If yeah. you if you look at like the top ten Billboard songs though, it's I think five are yeah are post Malone. Yeah, he's, I, he's I so <laughs> popular. I, I want to like him because I've heard so many good things and I've seen him like play guitar a couple videos and stuff like that and you know. Oh, he actually like plays instruments and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and, then, and that's the thing. Like, you know, it, it's it's one thing when you see an artist become popular that doesn't play an instrument, and they're just you know, there's a guy that's making all the tracks, and they're just yeah. shooting stuff on top of it. Um, but he's actually like he, you know, he's a musician, so it makes you like I want to like him. I just I just don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion. I haven't listened to enough. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not a fan. Yeah, neither am I right now. Yeah, I can be swayed maybe, but right now I'm not a fan. Let's get him on. He'll, let's get him let's on the get podcast. Him in yeah. Yo, post. <laughs> post, post up. up. <laughs> Do you think he goes by PM? Like, Probably. Like, maybe only in the AM? 
Okay. Okay. That one didn't land? No. That one didn't make it? Okay. That's fair. Well, um, thank you for letting me crawl inside your brains. Know what, know what you're know what you're listening to for for the summer. Um, it's been fun. It's been, it a, been, fun. been it's a good good to be back. Yeah, definitely. And we will uh, have a much regular rhythm to this podcast going forward. Um, so hopefully more than once a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which will be nice. So uh, we'll do a little outro with, with some more Break My Heart. Um, thank you again for everyone listening. Um, make sure to, to to follow us on the socials. we got a Facebook page, Instagram page. It's pretty active. Um, be sure to like us there. Uh, you can always visit our website, too, at paperstreetmusiccompany.com. Uh, thank you again for listening to the Paper Street Post. Uh, and until next time. Thanks, guys. See you. Thank you. been waiting